Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John. With me today is a very special guest who is my Riverdale correspondent. Wait, this isn't Riverdale related. What? Ashley, what, what the fuck? What are you doing here? This isn't Riverdale. Did I get the email wrong? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Is it me? Well, Am since I the drama? Well, since you're here, uh, it's Ashley Evans, everyone. It's me. <laughs> And and since you're here, we may as well just continue on with the episode. Oh boy, we we need to talk about? to my we need to talk to my producer about what the fuck is going on in scheduling people. You know, this is this yes, is super yes. funny because I run everything here, <laughs> and this is a dumb bit. Shut up, everyone! <laughs> Shut up, everyone, and welcome to another welcome episode. Of <laughs> Welcome to musical podcast where I'm angry. I don't know. It's early in the morning and we're going to just keep on trucking. Uh, today's uh, mo- I can't have coffee. So this is just on complete fumes. <laughs> oh boy. This is great. Um, and, and today we're here to talk about the movie Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, uh, thank which- God. I like this movie so I can actually opine. <laughs> and you've seen it before. Um, if I told you this is my new favorite movie musical, would that work for you? Because it is. <laughs> so, like, well, what a crazy random happenstance. Well, hold on. Let me let me do the little macaroni thing, and then we'll get more into how much you love this movie. Oh, please. Uh, so, Tick, Tick, Boom came out in 2021. I think it was actually filmed during pandemic. Yes? Yes. Yes? Okay. I know, yeah, oh yeah, parts of it. Uh, the screenplay is by Stephen Levinson, music and lyrics by the one and only Jonathan Larson, directed by Lynn Manuel Miranda. Now, this is his directorial debut. And according to IMDb, on the cusp of his 30th birthday, a promising young theater composer navigates love, friendship, and the pressures of life as an artist in New York City. Sure, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> so what did we think? <laughs> uh, I love this movie. I adore this movie. In my opinion, this is one of the best musical movie adaptations I have ever seen. Like, truly, the best thing about this version of Tick, Tick, Boom is that unlike other stage-to-screen adaptations where I, like, nitpick all the differences between the two, like, don't even get me started into the woods. I don't want to talk about it. But um, this one, I love the way that they build upon the existing stage version to make it into a Jonathan Larson biopic. I think it works perfectly. And I'm confidently saying that this is my new favorite movie musical. I've decided. Have you seen the stage stage version? I, I did. Uh, I, I've loved the soundtrack uh, since I was a teen. Like, Louder Than Words was always fun. Yes. Uh, I was always, you know how in the Josie and the Pussycats episode, I was like, oh, yeah. We all loved boys with floppy hair and guitars. Like I had two that I followed around high school that I would sing this song with and I would be the girl and they'd be the two boys. And it was amazing. Um, 
But so I've always loved the soundtrack. But when I moved to New York in 2016, I saw an off-Broadway uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. And it was good. Don't get me wrong. Like, I really liked it, uh, especially because Lily Cooper was in it. Do you know Lily Cooper? For a second, I thought you meant you exactly. fucked up Lily yep. Reinhardt. I know. <laughs> I know. I said, I can't put my finger on what it is about her that I love so much. Is it her gorgeous voice? Or her reality, like her relatability and her acting, or is it the fact that her first and last name reflect both the actual and the fictional names of my favorite Riverdale <laughs> actress? Uh, no, she's great though. She was in, uh, she was Susan. I saw her in Tootsie. I just saw her in POTUS. She's fantastic. She's great, and she brings like an element of just like raw realness to every character she plays. I love Lily Cooper. Um, so I saw it on Broadway or off Broadway rather. Uh, on my birthday when I first moved here and it was good um, but it's a song cycle and that's great like the, obviously the music is great it's Jonathan Larson's music but I'm honestly not hot take I'm not the biggest fan of song cycles in general like if I had a chance to see a Tick Tick Boom production or Rent I will always pick Rent because mm. I like to follow the story arc and like song cycles are more isolated incidents but I feel like this movie really gave me the story aspect that my heart craved using the source material to embellish the legacy that Jonathan Larson left behind. So, well, um, so prior to all of that, yeah. in the, the show originally premiered in 1990 and it was a rock monologue because it was only Jonathan Larson. Yep. Um, he then, uh, it was originally called Boho Days. He then renamed it uh, a year later to Tick, Tick, Boom and has like, was perfecting it, but like abandoned it to finish Rent and mm-hmm. then unfortunately passed away. And then in 2001, David Auburn was the one that to make the monologue a three-person show and yeah. originally starred Raul Esparza. Oh. <laughs> As John, Jerry Dixon as Michael, and Amy Spanger. Amy Spanger as Susan. For madness! Ah, I love her. I oh my god. Um. So and me. So for me personally, I've never. I don't think I've ever seen the stage version, but I don't know how in high school I had. I got my hands on the cast album. Mm -hmm. Um. I know, like, I was part of uh the rent heads during yeah. like its second revival of like you know all these the rent renaissance if you will a renaissance um, um but, but like i was obsessed with rent yeah oh, upset yeah. so then uh i like had this on the back burner and you know watching the movie i really appreciate i i loved um what's his name andrew garfield i love him andrew okay andrew garfield is just perfection like after my friend mikkel watched this movie they texted me and they said wow andrew garfield really put his whole dick and balls into this movie didn't he well i I read that apparently he was studying voice for like a year prior to filming fuck him he didn't know how to play piano or sing before this movie he's that perfect that he could just pick something up and be like well i guess i'll learn this now and he's so good he was robbed like he's so good he needs all the awards i feel like though i don't know if hmm 
this may be controversial. Okay. I don't know if he would work in another musical movie. It depends. It will I depend mean, on the subject, but like he's he's no like uh Fred or Fred Astaire or um <laughs> Gene Kelly where they can like write a schlocky musical and make and he'll work because he could tap dance or whatever. No, like it has to be I mean, you haven't seen him do it yet. Let's let's see what happens and see if he Well, but like you know what I mean, it can't it can't be like any old musical. I feel like it needs to be a rock opera uh, or like the right one for it. Like they have to consider his voice, consider his acting. If he can dance, I don't know if he could dance. He didn't really. He was he dancing a little bit in no more. I mean, yeah. And like he was doing the choreography for therapy, which is yeah. like a lot of like sharp movements. Yeah. So. Oh my God. I have faith in him. If he's going to be. If Cynthia Erivo can't be Alphaba for whatever reason, and they're like, Andrew, you want to try? I would still pay to see that. Like, <laughs> it'll be great because he's Andrew freaking Garfield. He's perfection. So what, what I also find interesting is that the cut four of the songs, which, I mean, understandable, some of them, because it was just music, but they added two because technically Boho Days is not part of the show. No. Oh. It's in it's in the cast album for the original for Tick Tick Boom. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know why they added it in. And I'm happy they did. But like play game, the one with Tariq. Yeah. I think that's a Jonathan Larson song. I couldn't really find that much about it. I thought it was a Lin Manuel Miranda song because he's like, We gotta rap. It's a Lin Manuel Miranda production, but I don't know. Uh I, I think though that is there for your consideration. So that they could have oh, been nominated for that it. That is their four-year consideration. Like, don't get me wrong. It's a bop. I like it. It's on my workout playlist. But, like, I don't know. <laughs> um, And then watching this, like, I cried, like, three times during the movie. The and I'm, I, I, I wrote down when exactly I cried. I cried during 3090. Don't ask me why. Um, yeah. Sun- Sunday, ugly tears, mm-hmm. and then the ending, louder than words. It was. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got me at the monologue prior to the song, and then the song I was crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thirty ninety is my favorite song from the movie. What a bummer! It's like the very first song, so it's like, oh, did you hate the rest? And it's like, no, because it's not my favorite scene, but it's my favorite song. Like when I listen to the soundtrack, that is my most worn out song uh, from this movie because. I mean, it's it just hit home, especially when I watched this. I turned 30 in 2020, uh, just like Bo Burnham. So basically, we're the same person. This song is basically the Bo Burnham inside turning 30 of musical theater. Like, oh, fuck, I'm 30 already. What am I even doing with my life? And mm-hmm. Jonathan Larson turned 30 in 1990. I was born in 1990. So 3090 is a significant title. Uh, on both accounts and I think all of us like John I'm sure you can agree with this like all of us as artists have these moments of like what am I doing with my life whether you're like successful by whatever standards you're still struggling and craving more and feeling like you haven't done enough but you don't know what to do next and artists definitely struggle with the imposter syndrome type quality that society burdens us with and it shakes me to my core because getting old sucks (laughs) Like, yes, uh, I am 34. I turn 35 next year, which is 
like I had I had a moment yesterday rewatching this because um the end they're like he died I mean I it was an aneur uh not it not an aneurysm it had something to do with his heart that's how he something oh my god 10 days before his 36th birthday he died of an aortic dissection which has to do with the heart it feels like it was something that's like an aneurysm where it just happens suddenly and there's like no that's it like yeah. it's not prolonged you're it's just boom like it's i hate you scary that that's like a little too on the nose uh right. but like also what's even sadder is that like jonathan larson didn't know that his midlife crisis was really close to the end of his life like it was basically an end of life crisis at that point well so okay so the beginning of the movie (laughs) where uh we have we have what's her name um fuck i'm real i'm really not hudgens or alexandra ship alexandra ship she's the narrator oh i love her that bookends although first of all i question why they give it to her i feel like it would have been better if it was like lynn doing it because then it would be like eliza well semi it would would feel like it would be like semi documentary style yeah it was like hi i'm lin-manuel miranda and i'm narrating my movie oh that'd be interesting or like i don't know why i like it's great that they picked her but like i was just like why her though i think they picked her because like she survived him like susan or whoever Susan is based off of. So it's like, I'm, oh my God, another parallel to Hamilton. There's so many Hamilton parallels. We'll get to it. But like, well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I made a list of rent Easter eggs, but Hamilton, this movie also has the Hamilton complex. This movie has everything. Like if Stefan from SNL was like, Pitching this movie. This movie has everything. Like, <laughs> like, Andrew Garfield putting his whole dick and balls in. Like, it has everything. Well, so, um, well, uh, uh, back to what I was trying to ask. Yeah. Back to what I was trying to ask. Uh, so, at the beginning, they talk about, like, how this is a biopic and everything is true, except for what Jonathan made except up. The parts that he made up. But, like, if he wrote the show, is, isn't that saying that <laughs> this whole movie is a lie? Well, it's, it's funny that you say that because I wrote, I wrote this down in my notes too. like that quote, like everything you're about to see is true, except for the parts that Jonathan made up. It's basically putting the disclaimer right at the beginning of the movie. Like, don't at us. This is a biopic, but creative liberties were taken because let's be real. Everybody's their own unreliable narrator. So like when I tell a story, it's going to be different than someone else telling a story that I was in. So like, even the way that Jonathan told his own story is most likely not entirely true, but it's the way he remembers it. And then it's like super meta because now Lin-Manuel Miranda and the whole crew making this movie are putting their own spin on it. So it's like, you can't take this as fact necessarily, but it's historical fiction like Hamilton. And you just like made me have an aha moment when you said, why did Alexandra Ship narrate it? It's because it's kind of like Hamilton where he dies and then Eliza has to go on and tell his story because she survives him. Oh. So he dies. 
and then Susan passes on his legacy. Oh my God, this movie is perfect. <gasps> I just you, got wet. Do you know why? Well, not. I don't know if this is why, but do you know why Lin Manuel directed it? Uh, he was in it. Yeah, he was it, in it. it. He played John. That. He he played John in the 2014 yeah. Encore production. I've seen TikToks of him singing. Also, like another with. Like, <laughs> It's funny because it was also with uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Yep. And um, crap, who was the who was uh, Susan? I, I think know. it was like Philippa Sue or something like that. It wasn't her. Karen Olivo. Yeah. I was just like, okay, okay. If it was Philippa Sue, that would have been just amazing. I would have passed away. <laughs> I would have been like, well, Hamilton, who never heard of him. This is all I need. But she's in the movie, so like how watching this movie too, how many like favors did he call in for all these cameos? I think I mean I'm sure they got paid because capitalism, but like I feel but, like yeah. Miranda has the type of like power to be like, Hey, you wanna be in my movie? And everyone will be like, Oh my god, of course, Lynn, like everyone loves Lynn Manuel Miranda. Like there's there's uh, the there's basically the two scenes that have all the cameos. Uh, one is uh, Sunday, the diner. Death. Uh, huh? Death. Yeah. And then the other one is the um, musical theater writing workshop. Yeah. Where they hover on Stephen Schwartz for a little too long. Uh, <laughs> but like... It's directly into the camera. <laughs> but like, if you look at all the other people there, like if you don't know them by face... Mm-hmm. You'll know them by name. Yeah. Because you're just like, uh, I was looking at the cast list because they credit everyone. And I was just like, oh my God, like this person, this person, this person. Everyone was in this movie. Jason this- Robert Brown was in it. Joe Iconis was in it. Like all these names of modern Broadway writers were in this 90s workshop. You know who wasn't in it? Leah Michelle. I'm so happy. <laughs> You know, I, well, it was also a missed opportunity to have uh, Raul Sparza, Jerry Dixon, yeah. and Amy Spanger as... I feel like he would probably have asked them and maybe they were busy. Like, it seems like a no-brainer. Doing what? It was pandemic. Oh. <laughs> maybe they didn't feel safe. I don't know. Like, or maybe it was just hard to travel. Mm. Or maybe, I don't know. Like, but... Mainly, this movie is a Broadway orgasm. Like, Lin-Manuel knew who this was for. It's every musical theater kid's wet dream. Everything you could ever want is here. So, and, but, but, like, it's it's also a little weird, because, like, Bernadette Peters is in it twice. Yeah. <laughs> she's play she's, because they watch Sunday in the Park with George, and then she's a cameo in Sunday, and it's like, are you playing yourself? It's the multiverse of madness starring Bernadette Peters. I feel like though she's playing herself because like they do have a moment together and he kind of, in oh. Sunday and he kind of like bows down to her. That's the part that made me cry initially when I watched it. Like that's the part of Sunday that got me. And then I just didn't stop for the rest of the song. And then the rent people showed up by the subway station. And I was like, oh my God, I'm dead. Uh, Daphne Rubin Vega. Yeah, and Adam Pascal. Um, and, uh, oh my Wilson God, Wilson Cruz. No, uh, wasn't Jermaine 
Heredia. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Sorry, Wilson, Wilson Cruz was in the show, was in Wilson. the production. He he did the, the first national tour and then the California production. Yeah, yeah. Oh he would have been great in this too. Like, there's so many things. There's uh, so many people. This this movie is so New York too. It's New York as fuck. Like New York as a character. He says everyone's unhappy in New York. That's what New York is. I'm like, yes, yes, accurate. Accurate. It was, I don't know how a movie could simultaneously be like so fantastical and so realistic at the same time. Well, and like. What I really also appreciated is that, well, not really, I don't know if appreciate is the right word, but like they, it's not, it doesn't follow a typical musical theater structure where like uh, John and Susan are so toxic for each other. Oh, yeah. And like they don't, they don't make it easy and they end up together at the end. They're not like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let's let's fuck and be be boyfriend and girlfriend again. But like, that's real life. Right. And that's Everyone's what I Everyone's unhappy in New York. That's what New York is. Well, okay, okay. Explain to me, as 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 a as a woman who's probably woman. as a woman, their fight that they have where she's like you should tell me not to go to that thing. But like, okay, I feel like they're both in the wrong here. Hear me out. Hear me out. I can No, I can sim- sympathize, empathize. I can see where both of them are coming from. I can see that mistakes were made on both ends. I can see that they both want valid things because that's real relationships. Like very, I don't want to say not often in life because they're definitely bad people, but a lot of relationships, like in the words of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, the situation's a lot more nuanced than that. So like well well so here from what we are given in the movie. Now, real life aside, I don't care. Yeah. What we're given in the movie is that she's been given this opportunity to mm-hmm. forward her career after a setback. Mm-hmm. And so um I think she's in the wrong by wanting by like he's obviously stressed out about this about this reading Mm because he's putting so much effort he blood sweat and tears it's his baby he wants Mm -hmm. to create art and everything and she wants to have a talk to him on the days leading up to this thing yeah a very serious talk about her career but also i feel like he should have taken like five minutes to be like listen Like obviously he's also wrong and right. So like they're both they're both wrong and they're both right. He is exactly. He's rude and she's kind and patient, but she's also asking a lot of him at a very inopportune time and he's very visibly stressed. So if anything, maybe it's not an issue of right or wrong and it's an issue of human. Well, yeah, but like from They're just having a hard time. Right. Just I just want to make sure it's not just me being crazy no. seeing these no, things. No, no, no. I feel like though the the right thing should have been like, listen, if if John if Jonathan was just like, listen, I don't want you to go, but I also don't want to tell you not to take this job. Yeah. Right. Um which I think that's just what she wanted. She yeah. just wanted to hear like something. 
<laughs> and answer. I wanted to hear him go, Alexa, play Stay by Rihanna. <laughs> uh, but there's no Alexas because it's 1990. But but also, like, um, I, I can't tell you not to go because, like, this is a great career opportunity. So I, long but, distance? Yeah. <laughs> Even that, though, just like just the way you said it, if he would have said that, I think she would have been a little happier. But right. Felt like, he just didn't care. Like, it was kind of like, no, my life is important and all my shit's important and I don't care about anybody else. And, like, as long as I get my workshop done, that's all I care about. So, like, you got to shut up, Susan, because I'm busy. And it just was, like, complete disregard for her feelings. Um, but also, like, I've been there. I've been in anxiety spirals where, like, I say things that might not be super nice uh, in the moment just because my brain is on overload. And I think what's important is when you come out of those situations, like you can reassess it and be like, wow, that was not good. And you apologize. And then where do we go from there? And I I don't think he, I mean, he tried, but it was like too late at that point. And also like, you're not seeing the relationship leading up to the moments in this movie. So like, who knows how many of these types of conversations they had before. Can we do a hard shift to Superbia for a hot second? Uh, <sighs> I I was reading about this on the Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. I don't know if you've looked at it yet. No. Um, so apparently there are two versions of it where one is uh, Superbia V1 is for like was written between 1985 to 1987 and then superbia v2 is from 87 to 89 Mm -hmm. and like it seems like he overhauled it between the two of them but Mm -hmm. two versions Mm -hmm. and like they've been trying I, i was reading that they were trying to make it a thing because like you know I don't know if you remember this, but when the movie first came out, they came out with the soundtrack, but the sextet wasn't part of it. And I was, I know I was upset because the sextet was fantastic. Yeah. And like, Come to Your Senses is actually yeah. from Superbia. Superbia. And uh, uh, David Auburn wrote it into it when uh when he was doing the 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 stage version of tick tick boom okay um and so all of the scripts sheet music and demos are kept in in the jonathan larson papers in the library of congress that lynn and stephen levinson the screen the screenwriter um got their hands on it and so like now they stole it like national treasure style. Oh my god! I wish. I hope. I hope. <laughs> I hope they hired Nick Cage to break into the Library of Congress to steal the papers. But like, like from what I'm reading, is like they're trying to figure out how to do it because like they are so different. Yeah. That it's like they need like a script doctor to like make yeah. it yeah. make it a thing. Was Nicolas Cage the script doctor in the scenario too? No, I hope not because <laughs> I don't want that. I don't know who would. I don't know who would work. Like maybe Lynn, I mean, if Lynn had a hand in it, I think that'd be great because I I really appreciated what he did with this. Lynn is so good, man. Do you feel like now? This is just my little theory. Do you feel like 
he had John M. Chu like help him out with this movie because they came out the, around the same time as the In the Heights movie. And he must have been working on both of them at the same time. I think 2021 really spoiled us with musical movies. Oh, yeah. I feel like what if all of the musical movies that were made around that time were all on the same in the same place? Like they in, were... in, in like a three month period, there were like yeah. seven musical movies that came out. Musical movies, New York. You've got this one. You've got In the Heights. You've got West Side Story. Like everybody's doing everything all at once. And I believe there was also that uh, th- there was that Cinderella that went to Prime. Well, oh, that one wasn't in New York, though. No, but I'm saying like other musical movies that came out in 2021. It was that I Cinderella, the good ones. <laughs> the good ones. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like because there were moments when they would do the fantastical elements that I was just like, you definitely had a hand with like how, how to do it with, with, cause like the, I'm thinking mostly about Sunday when the diner wall goes down. And that kind of reminded me of when in the Heights, they were dancing on the side of the building. Yeah. Like suspend reality a little bit, suspend your disbelief and like bend reality. Right. So, like, I mean, I'm not, I was only joking saying that he had help, but like, did he really have help? <laughs> what if it's just Shakespeare and Lin Manuel is Shakespeare and <gasps> he writes everything and does everything? And it's really anonymous. <laughs> and it's really, <laughs> but Lin Manuel's like the nicest. Oh my God. Lin Manuel, he's drawn to these people in history who are like charming and raw and relatable, but also assholes. Like, they're mm-hmm. not perfect, but I love that he, he's drawn to, like, the people who are just very real humans, because nobody is all one thing. And I think, like, Andrew Garfield played the perfect charismatic asshole, and, like, Alexander Hamilton, charismatic asshole, again with Hamilton. Like, he's drawn to these people who are, like, they're flawed, but they also have really good things about them. And I think, like, the fusion of Jonathan Larson and then Lin-Manuel Miranda, it's like, ugh. Like, so good. I, I What a good... Yeah. I would now like to see Lin-Manuel do a... Direct a non-musical movie. I Just would like see. it. I mean, it would probably... I would hope it had some, like, fantastical elements to it. Oh, it's Lin. You have to. But, like, but like, but like they're dream sequences or something. Well, okay, so the weird thing about this movie is that they're doing Tick, Tick, Boom... But also we're seeing what inspired the scenes, I guess. Mm -hmm. But like also in quote unquote reality, um, Mm -hmm. we're seeing they they break out into song. So Mm -hmm. it's just like a little confusing to me. Like like I said, it's the most realistic, non-realistic movie I've ever seen. (laughs) It's so, but it's perfect. Because there's that paradox, like a perfect example of that is the juxtaposition of them fighting during therapy and then the scene where Vanessa Hudgens and Andrew Garfield are doing batshit unhinged facial expressions and movements to like represent that fight. Like it's like you've got the actual fight, 
which is heartbreaking. Like it's some of the best acting in the movie between Alexander Ship and Andrew Garfield when they're fighting. And she's just like, I wanted you to tell me to stay. And he's like, after the workshop, she's like, it's always after the workshop and they hug. And then it's like, but no, you're thinking about the workshop. And then it's like, and here is the scene that this inspired and like, everything's crazy and we're all fucking crazy and it's hilarious but like the hilarity of how messed up that is mixed with like how sad that is that's life man but then you also get the song like no more oh my god no more is such a good i love i wrote so many things down about no more which i love love the whole the whole scene which I, i literally wrote down they know a lot of what they're complaining about happens over time right what do you mean so, like, when they're talking about how shitty his apartment is, oh, it's yeah. like, Michael, Robin DeJesus, your yeah. apartment's going to be shit over time. Just just wait. Just wait. Oh, yeah. Like, he's he's got this beautiful apartment, but it's it's big, but it's going to get gross because it's, you're human and you're gross. It's brand spanking new, but, like, give it, give it, ten, give it five years. <laughs> Did you notice the lighting change, though? Like, every scene in their old apartment was, like, gray and drab. Uh-huh. And- the natural light in his new apartment is like glorious and like amazing but i got like and then at the end of the song it was like all bright and golden (laughs) and and sparkly and shiny because it's like drinking champagne that's what i think of rich people's buildings like if only i could be that rich i've like legitimately walked into rich people's apartments as like a nanny and been like yeah i'm gonna turn into infinity dust i'm way too poor to be here (laughs) i'm not allowed have you ever <laughs> excuse you ever me while a- i yeet myself away from here <laughs> have you ever been in an apartment that's so nice that you're like if i could i would fuck this apartment yes because that's yes, what this song is and then he like confirms it because he says like i could get used even seduced i could get used to you like he wants to fuck his apartment he like especially the butcher block table like he does this movement at the table that's fucking hilarious but like it looks bizarre, but same. Like, we've all been there when we come from, like, struggling and going up the stairs with your laundry and, like, holes. I have holes in the floor. I have drippy ceilings. Thank God that my shower is not in my kitchen because my OCD would not stand for that. But, like, you no. come that and then you go to this beautiful place and you're like, I love it so much. I could And it's huge. <laughs> like, it's a huge shit. apartment. He's got, like... Not just a couch. It's yeah. like a it's it's like a it's like five couches together in this apartment, it seems like. <laughs> Mega couch. Mega couch. Okay. What are your rent Easter eggs? Okay. I got I only got like really four of them that I noticed. Do you wanna I let's see how many I have. I have So there there are lyrics and no nine. more. There are ly- some lyrics and no more where they're like they mention like throwing down the key um they other things too um some of his notes too i think are like preliminary songs for like you know how he's writing in his notepad i feel like because i don't know if you know this jonathan larson wrote like almost over a hundred songs for rent i believe it so and like in here, you hear him talk about how he constantly is writing and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, like Hamilton. Um, mm-hmm. so- yeah, he's writing like he's running out of time, and he so was. Everything's connected. The musical theater multiverse of madness, starring <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda as Shakespeare. Um, the other Rent Easter egg I got was the speak on the answering machine. Yep. yep. 
And out. then I don't know if you picked up on this one. Um, there's the scene where he's talking about all the friends that have died. Sam, Gordon, Gordon, Allie. I was like, yep. those are the life support people. It's what so were the other ones that you picked up on? Um, at the very beginning, Michael makes him a bunch of copies, like of scripts or something, and he delivers them to the diner. He goes, "You're an angel," and I'm like, "Oh, because he oh. made angel before." And then, like later on, he goes, "What's the matter, Pookie?" And he calls him. Oh, the Pookie. Pookie that's right. I forgot about like, the Pookie. Oh, Pookie. Uh, Freddie in the emergency room was very like echoing kind of the whole sequence of without you when angel is dying um i didn't really see that but yeah i see that well you see like the iv drip and he's just like dying on the bed and whether you're looking at like the movie or the stage version where there's like the actor playing angel is on like the table with like a sheet over it and he's like dying like Mm -hmm. it it gave me angel vibes um the opening chords in sunday are La Vie Bohème. So like everybody's complaining in the diner about like how they're not getting their stuff fast enough. And then you see his hands on the piano. It goes dun, 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 dun. And I'm like, nice. That's he La also, he, doesn't he also play uh, one song glory yep, or something? That's another one. He's and he's like having a hard time writing his song for Superbia. And he just like is he's playing one song glory. Yeah. Um, literally the power going out like that true and rent um maybe not all easter eggs but like things that echo rent uh speak answering machine you said that one um there's a little bit scene where jonathan gets on his bike with his little green scarf and i was like holy shit he's mark um Oh, and I just love the B-roll footage of like Jonathan performing the show, Jonathan and Susan hanging out, the kid versions of Jonathan and Michael, and it, he's Mark from he is Mark. Like Mark is based on Jonathan. He wrote that character. That is himself in Rent. He's the straight guy. He's the guy who doesn't die of AIDS. He dies of something else. But he's um, surrounded by he's surrounded by people who are suffering from this very real deathly virus and he's documenting it all but his art is movies and jonathan's Jonathan's music yeah um oh my god but every like there was little like you'd have a scene and then you'd have b-roll and then a scene and then b-roll and i'm like oh this is just like rent because he like like, that's more the movie i feel like not the show not the show but at at least in the show at the very end mark is like here's my movie and then it's just b-roll of the actors like rehearsing oh That always kills me when that happens. And without you is playing over it. And Angel's like already dead at this point. And you're crying because (laughs) it's so good. I mean, I feel like though at his birthday at the end of the movie or towards the end of the movie, um, when Susan gives him that book, I feel like that's like a nice breakup. Well, yeah, because again, it's just acknowledging that like, I love you. You love me. We cannot be together. We are toxic for each other, but I really do wish you well in your pursuits and you're a human being. Like it's not, I'm not mad at you. You're a human. And like, don't get me wrong. I, like I said, I've never seen the stage version, but I really do like the duet of come to your senses. Yeah. They don't, that's not in because it's just Susan that sings it, but I love, can we talk about V Hudge for a sec? Oh my god! 
Like he's amazing in this movie, and nobody can change my mind about this. I got it. Like when I saw that she was cast in this, I did a head tilt because, like, I was like, really? And then I saw the movie, and then this is probably like her best, best work to date. Uh, like she's really grown into her voice. Um, I like that her character is like understated, so she's not super hyper. She's not. Like, she's come a long way since High School Musical, because I was always Team Sharpay, because Sharpay was literally fabulous, and okay, like, Gabriella, we get it, you like math, and you break up with Troy Bolton every five seconds, only to cry and then get back with him. So, like, (laughs) she's not a whiny character, she's very grounded in reality, she's another actor, she's helping out her friend with his show, she's mad chill, and she's committed to the bit in therapy, like, you can tell she's having a great time, and I'm like, (laughs) this is... An awake this is a vanessa hudgens awakening for me and and like i don't know i'm kind of happy she's not susan yes i will yeah. say that no it was perfect like, because right, right where she is because i would rather her be i would want to hear her sing more than not sing if that makes any sense i like that susan's a person of color um, I don't know if the person that Susan is based off of in real life was a person of color, but I think I'm biased because I saw Lily Cooper as Susan and she's fantastic. So I'm like, I like when Susan's a person of color. I mean, Vanessa Hudgens is, but like. But like, Ale- uh, more so what I'm saying is like, Alexandra Ship, when she's as her, her performance as Susan, mm-hmm. she only really sings in Come to Your Senses. She has little bits in Boho Days and like yeah. maybe in other things, but like, to hear Vanessa like perform as her I know what you're saying yeah and like like to hear her like I love her in 3090 I love her in in Johnny Can't Decide I love I love I like I'm happy that she's in this and that she's singing because that's what we let what we love about her like I will I will always praise her in Greece because of the behind the scenes stuff that happened to her. Oh, really? What happened? Her grandfather died right before the performance happened. Oh no. So, and, and you can see her really crying and uh, singing their worst things I can do. Oh, be so, so like care more about her. So like I give, like, I mean, she did a fantastic job in that too, but I give her more credit because of, dealing with personal things and like with this one like i'm kind of happy because it could have been easy that she was like she she could have been hitting on him or like uh they're like they have that moment before the um before the performance of yeah. superbia where she's like i want to see the new song and like that could have been easily been like her hitting oh. her hitting on him and be like oh let me take my top off or whatever but that didn't happen <laughs> As you do show me your song and I'll show you my titties like basically but like she's amazing in this I love her in grounded and I it's a grounded I don't feel like I've seen Vanessa Hudgens play grounded characters a lot and maybe I just need to expand my Vanessa Hudgens like filmography yeah I haven't seen like obviously high school musicals she's like kind of a whiny brat well that's Um, Disney channel so forgive her for that no, but like I've seen her in other things and I can't think of like okay, Rent, like the live not live action, the live version of Rent. We don't talk about that one. 
okay so we won't go there um we, we won't go there <laughs> good. like you said we love to hear her sing but like I, she, I i do not see her as a maureen she has played mimi before and i could see that so wait but, in this movie is she supposed to also be the precursor to mimi maybe maybe that's why they cast it that way like she's like she's if if we're going by like the red easter eggs mm-hmm. and everything like is she supposed to, oh maybe Ooh. oh my my this my brain just exploded again when you said that i didn't even think about that until literally just now i like because because her. also in that scene she's wearing these knee-high boots and like yeah everything and the way that she's styled i'm like now that i'm thinking about it i think she's supposed to be like like a Mimi inspiration or something. Cause like clearly Michael is like Angel mixed with Collins. Yeah. Because Collins has the money. Mm-hmm. Who knows though? Like if that's what they were trying to do and we're reading too much into it. Um well, I this movie is full of like I was making discoveries last night watching it and I've seen it a million times. Oh and God. I was sober when I watched it last night because I can't imbibe. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I'm noticing this, I'm noticing that. Like it's it's chock full of awesome and I'm gonna keep noticing things every time I watch it from here on out too. Ashley, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? I would like to talk about a few things. So I wish that I could go swimming to make my anxiety go away, but I don't have a pool. So instead, I just look at pictures of Mary Kate and Ashley, and I try to tell them apart because I don't. I well, don't you don't have to, to Google, literally go Google. You don't literally have to go swimming to. <laughs> That's what Jonathan did to like he was spinning out, and then he went swimming, and then he saw music. Right, but like he went swimming a bunch of times in this movie uh, <laughs> to to calm himself down or for the routine of it all. I he just, also didn't he also didn't have a therapist so yeah yeah therapy's important guys go to therapy okay what else um, do you want to talk about but while we're on the topic of the swimming scene before we segue into sharps and flats um just want to give a shout out to my friend tamara jones who is in that scene uh she is the not susan susan who is in the oh like, like she puts her hand through her hair and he thinks it's susan and it's not susan and i like shit a brick i was like is that tamara <laughs> and i texted she- her and i was like is that you and she's like yeah and she said that like lin-manuel miranda is amazing and that he's he was great to work with and he's basically just every musical theater kid like she's like he's very much oh 100 percent. like but in the best way and he's super kind so i was like yo that's tamara the last thing i want to say before we do sharp and flat is that I love Stephen Sondheim. Um, mm. Stephen Sondheim. So I watched this movie for the first time I watched it was the day that Stephen Sondheim died completely oh unintentionally. Like my mom goes, Oh, there's this TikTok movie on Netflix. Would you like to watch Bless it? your like, mom? Ew. Why? And then she's like this one. I'm like, Oh my God. Tick, tick, boom is out. I didn't know that it was out. And so we watch it and we get through the first half. And then my mom's very adamant about like, we're eating dinner now. So like we stopped it halfway through and we had to eat dinner. And then we came back to it. And right before we turned the movie back on, I checked my Facebook and Stephen Sondheim had died. And I was so sad 
because Stephen Sondheim is the best composer of all time. Don't at me. Don't fight me on this. Anyone. Nope. He's amazing. And I was he was old, but like, I'll never get to meet him now. And I'm sad. Um, But it was like, oh, my God. And then we finished the movie and like we picked up the movie right where we left off, which was the diner scene. And I was like, Sondheim is dead and everybody's on Broadway, but Broadway's not real anymore. And I was just like sobbing. And then we get to the voicemail part where like he leaves him the voicemail about how good his show is and how much potential he has. And that's Stephen Sondheim's real voice. Like Bradley Whitford obviously does a great job playing Stephen Sondheim in like the scenes where you see Stephen Sondheim. But the audio on the voicemail that he listens to, that's Stephen Sondheim's voice. And I know this because Lin-Manuel wanted to make, just being the sweet baby angel that he is, was like, hey, Stephen, I cast Bradley Whitford as you. I want you to see these scenes and like make sure that this is like good with you. Like, do you approve of this? And he approved and he goes, Bradley Whitford, I don't know who that is, but he has a name like a Jane Austen character and I love it. That's a Stephen Sondheim quote. And then he asked him to record the voicemail and there was a different voicemail in the original script. And Stephen Sondheim read it and he goes, that's too cliche. Do you mind if I rewrite that and then I'll record the voice? So he does. And that voicemail that he left was a voicemail that he wrote. So like, it's just this like beautiful, don't cry, John. <laughs> it's this beautiful full circle moment. Because I'm I'm now replaying that scene in my head, which is beautiful, by the way. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it yeah. too. But like, I... Is Andrew Garfield honestly reacting to Stephen Sondheim's voice? Yes. So let's get into Sharp and Flat, shall we? Shall we shall. Sharp Flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it can change, it's flat. I had difficulties finding flats, I will say. Um, You know what? Let's start there because yeah, we don't want negative. Yeah, uh, can I go first? Because you're yes. gonna laugh at mine. Yes, that okay. My I first flatted that I haven't seen the stage version. Um, well, that's your own. You flatted yourself. I flatted myself because I didn't see the stage version, <laughs> and then I also flatted that Superbia hasn't been produced since the workshop. I know that there are issues, mm-hmm. but I'm still flatting it. What are the issues? Do you know more about those issues? Because I don't. Well, like I said, there's um, there's two scripts it's th- that are wildly different. And this yep. is all according to uh, Wikipedia. So I've never seen it. And we see it in this. He wrote and kept constantly writing and revisions and everything. And he talks about how it it took him like six years to write this. And like he put his blood, sweat and tears in it and everything. And so I, from what I've read on the wikipedia page is that there's version one and then version two which tell similar stories but in very different ways Mm -hmm. and so they need to figure out first which version to do or if they're gonna like frankenstein it in a way frankenstein monster it in a way like they're gonna they need to figure it out because even the track listings are so different like there's not there's not a written uh, same songs in both of them and that's all on the wikipedia page everyone that's a genius's brain for you like if the movements in therapy were indicative of the state of jonathan larson's mind at all times like 
it, there's a lot going on. Well, because like even this this version of like the stage version of Tick Tick Boom mm-hmm. isn't finished because no. he he abandoned it to work on Rent, which also isn't finished if you really think about it. Because he passed away when it was in the at New York Theater Workshop or Manhattan okay. Theater Workshop, whatever, whatever, whichever one it was yeah. in. Um, but so, so obviously he, we have three productions of his Superbia, Tick, Tick, Boom, and Rent that aren't finalized mm-hmm. by him. Mm-hmm. They, because I believe Rent, they brought in somebody else to finish it. Obviously, I talked about how David Auburn came in, right? David Auburn, right? Yes, 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 yeah, yes. Uh, came in to finish this show and to create it as a three-person show and then superbia like who knows who's going what's going to happen with that one could you imagine what rent looked like then before it got the finishing touches like what if they were like where's mimi the end <laughs> i want to i want to hear the so, the cut songs from that the missing I, ones. yeah uh what were your flats uh i said flat for not putting the music from superbia that was in the movie on the movie soundtrack because i love that and it was recorded so why are we not putting it probably copyright but like just oh no it was released oh well then why was it not on the movie soundtrack because i don't know i guess i guess because of uh the fact that well no there are other songs that were released on different albums yeah so what the fuck movie Why did you not give us that? They, I guess they wanted more. Well, what they did though, so they released the cast album and then on his, what would have been his 62nd birthday, they released the sextet montage um, as its own thing. No, but I mean like the movie soundtrack, like from this movie version of Tick, Tick, Boom. Right, was- yeah, no, that's what they did. Uh, the the sextet, you know, that the yeah, everyone yeah. who's anyone da, 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 ba, 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 will be there. They yeah. released that single on his 62nd birthday as a thing. Where can I, I don't know that? Anywhere. I need I, it. I bought it on iTunes and I listen to it re- constantly. But okay. I agree with I agree with you though. It should have been part of the soundtrack album. Yeah. So that's flat number one. Flat number two for cutting green green dress because uh, I wanted to hear Alexander Ship sing a little more. But I will say that the Joshua Henry version slaps, like the the like poppy one. It also but, like, is on the album. <laughs> it's they're both on the album. Yeah. But the extended, really, the extended cut. <laughs> I, I listened to both versions on the actual soundtrack, but it would have—I would have liked to see her sing one more song. So uh, I don't like that they cut that. But the movie was already really long to begin with, so I get it. Um, flat to Laura Benanti's hair in the support group scene, and <laughs> it's not her hair. It's like I think it's a wig. I don't think that's her hair. In which scene? The, the not the support group the focus group when they're all like trying to sell chubstitute oh <laughs> yeah also chubstitute is fucking hilarious like you're way too uptight if you could not laugh at that joke i know he was being a dick and he wasn't taking it seriously but i have to admit if i was laura bonanti and this guy just rolled in and was like chubstitute i probably would have laughed because i'm an asshole i mean i also wrote down that i would crush at that job yeah. I think we I think we would crush at that job. It's it's comedy, baby. 
no but like you know the the we're so we're so creative that we can do word association (laughs) i but i hate corporate like that scene was like everything i hate about corporate america like corporate america is like we're gonna sell you some shit and it might make you die because that's capitalism baby like Mm -hmm. but it was so well done i'm like no this is this gave me the exact gross feelings in my stomach that that gives me so like very well executed obviously laura bonanti's amazing i did not like what they did with her hair and that other guy well and that other guy i forgot yeah i don't know what the actor's name off the top of my head he was also in pitch perfect oh i don't remember that he was part he was part of the treble tones not a dude not a dude not a dude right yes yes i've seen it like one or two times so i would have to rewatch it I may cut this out. Anyway, continue with your flats if you have any more. Uh, my last flat is not to the movie, but flat to the 90s for thinking $50 is a lot for a Broadway show. Oh. <laughs> I read that down too. I was like, was $50 like, for a ticket? Okay. Like, they're not, tourists are not going to be spending $50 on a show about robots. And I'm like, $50 well, I mean, is great. That's like what you pay if you win the lottery. That's the discount ticket. Well, I mean... They weren't spending thousands of dollars to go see Hamilton. Yeah. At yeah. that at that time. Oh my could you imagine if the nineties saw today? They would freak the fuck out. Anyway. That's it. Um, okay. Why don't you continue with your sharps then? So uh sharp number one, again for Andrew Garfield putting his whole dick and balls into this movie. Perfect. Just perfect. Uh sharp number two for Lin Manuel Miranda's di- direct <laughs> I have dicks in my mouth. Wait, no. <laughs> I am so sorry. Uh, let me try that again. Can I Can I get your permission to use that on TikTok? Can I use this visual? <laughs> yeah. I, I've been told I need to add more of the recording. So Please. can I use Can I use that? Great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't currently have a dick in my mouth, but I just said dicks. So I'm going to try not to say it another time. Sharp number two. For Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut, he's incredible. Obviously, I look forward to all he has to offer in the future. Mm-hmm. I did it. Uh, sharp number three. To Joshua Henry as a featured player. Like, he's not, like, a main character throughout, but every scene that he's in, that's where my focus went. And not in a, oh, he's pulling focus way. Just, like, I wanted to watch him. Like, his face, his body language, his voice. I love Joshua Henry. I got to see him in Into the Woods and I want to see him more. So I need to do that sharp to him entirely. I also love the part in Boho Days where he goes, yeah, 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 (laughs) every time. Um, Sharp to Robin for being so charming as Michael. He lived and breathed that character. Um, I love, there was like a little moment also in Boho Days when they said Tim was just a guest from June to January. And he goes, He's like, oh, I remember. It was very in character. It wasn't like, uh, here we are, we're given a script, we're given music, we're going to regurgitate the words. Like he was living that character. He's like, oh yeah, I remember Tim. And it was very real. And I was like, oh, I love him. Uh, and also just off of that sharp to every single scene between him and Andrew Garfield, because they have excellent chemistry. Like they were very believable. I really hope that they're really good friends in real life. (laughs) Have you seen interviews with them? No. Are they like 
best bros. Do you want your heart to just be warm, like as warm as watching little black girls watch the new Little Mermaid trailer? Because like that's on par with that. Like it's so wholesome and they love each other so oh much. Oh my god, you're gonna make me cry even more now <laughs> watching these that these videos. Whatever gets you through, man. Like the world is a rough place and like just these things that bring you joy, even if it's crying joy, is good. So definitely definitely watch interviews of Andrew Garfield and Ram DeJesus because they're wonderful. Um, sharp to the finance bro, Scott, at the Boho Days party. Um, do you remember him? Of course I remember him. He's an asshole. No, he was like, I thought that like in earlier viewings of it, but when I watched it yesterday, he's just like a derpy finance bro who's having the best time. Like it's when you bring a non-theater kid to a theater party and they're just having a blast. That's so real. And then at the end, he's listening to Louder Than Words in the very last scene. And he's oh, because everyone audience. is in that. Everyone comes back at the end. Every single, including, uh, I was going to say Andrew Jackson. That's a president. Uh, George Washington. Christopher Jackson. Was he? Tim Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah, but what? Oh, he's, he's just, in the audience. That's just his cameo because he wasn't in it earlier. No, I'm talking about like roses there. Um, every secondary, tertiary, quadruciary, whatever the next quadruciary, quadruciary. I think I made up a word. Character that's in this movie is in the audience <laughs> of Tick Tick Boom. They didn't leave out Scott the finance bro. Like he was just like, I love musical. Like I love when like straight like dudes are just like yeah musicals like there's something about that that makes me giddy <laughs> it's so funny so perfect casting whoever that guy is i love him um are you can i go with my sheriffs or do you have one more three more okay uh all the broadway cameos but especially brian stokes mitchell being a douche and shrugging with his coffee like he's like the fools that should eat at home and he goes Shrug. whatever <laughs> <laughs> That was perfect, Brian Stokes Mitchell. Uh, sharp to the, my three favorite scenes, no more, the diner scene, therapy. We talked about that. The last sharp goes to Judith Light for just understanding the assignment and delivering. Like, every oh, funny bit that she did was so funny. Like, her coming into the workshop and thinking that Jonathan, not knowing what Jonathan looked like, just like, Jonathan. And he's like, hi, I'm over here. And she's like, of course you are. Or like, but then also delivering a very emotionally serious moment where she's like, just write the next one. Yes. Like one second she's like, oh, well, if you fail, it's like getting a colonoscopy in Times Square. I'm like, oh, that sounds terrible. What a great line delivery. And then like two scenes later, she's just like, she picks up the the minute she picks up the fucking phone. And she's just like, can I give you some advice right about what you know? And I'm just like, oh, you got to just keep going. We love her. Um, That's it. (laughs) So. I mean, everyone did a fantastic job in this movie. I want to preface it by that one, by saying mm-hmm. that. But I wanted to sharp Andrew Garfield, Vanessa Hudgens, and Joshua Henry mm-hmm. because they are our Tick Tick Boom cast. Which I did have a moment thinking, like, are we just seeing a performance of Tick Tick Boom, and these are them playing these characters? I had a, it was a weird moment. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. 
but like but like is are they playing themselves playing jonathan larson carice what carissa gabriella montez carissa carissa playing carissa playing oh his name is roger what uh (laughs) joshua henry's character's name is roger apparently yeah I, I just had a moment of like they were play acting into this world, but like I don't think that's right. I don't think that's what we're supposed to get away from it. But I think you can take anything away from it that you like. That's the beauty of theater. Oh no, no, no. I thought that was the concept, but I don't think that's the concept. So anyway, I love that I love them. I love their performances. Um I also want to sharp the following numbers. Yes. <laughs> no more. Yes. Sunday. Yes. Sextet, montage, therapy, and yes. come to your senses. Yes. For various reasons. Sure. Um, I also want to sharp the fantastical elements. Yes. Like the like the diner wall moving. Mm-hmm. I know it's a little cheesy that they're clearly on like a, sound, a a green screen soundstage at the end of that number, but I don't care. I loved it. Um, and I also want to sharp the underwater moment in swimming when he sees the music Music. yeah beautiful and you hear come to your senses Mm -hmm. like so he's like literally seeing i wish pools made me see music well from what how i associated that moment it's like when you're doing something and you're not thinking about what's weighing you down and all of a sudden you have a moment of clarity and you're like oh usually usually in the shower for me Mm, okay you know like the pool i'm focused on cleaning myself (laughs) well you're doing something mundane or routine and all of a sudden you have an aha moment cleaning dishes too whatever i'm cleaning basically (laughs) oh um would you add any would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist the whole thing yeah so i wrote down in caps the whole fucking thing even sextet even this, I'm going to find it. You can. I think you you may be able to stream it, but I bu- I know I bought it. I it on iTunes. And on that note, Ashley, we're done with the episode. We did oh it. We did a non-Riverdale episode, even though the last time you were on, we kind of like stretched that. That was Riverdale adjacent. There was yeah. really nothing Riverdale-y about this but it's cool because this is again my new favorite musical movie so like, just watch vanessa hudgens shows up in season seven of riverdale and that'll be our connecting factor <laughs> not also i want to say to to the cast of cinderella the prime version you're all great like i felt bad for slightly <laughs> i still haven't covered it yet <laughs> i you know what maybe that's what we'll do next oh no i don't oh no or we can okay. skip it and just move on with our lives um i do want to I, I do want to cover it but we'll we'll figure out we'll figure out your next one we've got we've got we've got so i think we no we don't have anything planned yet but oh, we'll figure it out madness me mm, <laughs> well <little> messages <laughs> ashley what do you have to plug or promote I'm writing some new comedy, so stay tuned. T- stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Schleebele, S-H-L-E-E-B-A-L-E-E. Um, stay tuned for updates on shows and things that I'm doing. And you'll post it on there? 
Absolutely. Great. Um, if you want to talk to me about your experiences with Tick Tick Boom, you're more than welcome to email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. I'm trying so hard to do different things on each platform, so pay attention, everyone. And please like and subscribe and all that other bullshit that I'm supposed to tell you to do that I never tell anyone to do. Uh, <laughs> I'm also actually Billy on TikTok. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, were you in a production of Tick, Tick, Boom? Tell me about it. I want to hear. Because, like, I know that they move songs around, but, like, does it change anything? Audience at large, not yeah. you. Audience at large, did it change anything? And if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, well, funnily enough, we are <laughs> watching the May West movie Sextet. Oh, that's so fitting. I didn't I really didn't plan it that way. It just happened. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Oh my god. This is weird that it's not Riverdale, but you know what? Maybe we need to figure out a different correspondent nickname for you. Who knows? No, we're gonna keep Riverdale. We're gonna keep it because we we still have more to do explore with there. It's funny that you bring up Riverdale because I was like, I had a shower thought this morning myself. I was like, man, 2021 brought us so many good musical screen adaptations. We got In the Heights. We got Tick, Tick, Boom. We got Next to Normal Riverdale episode. You're right. We did. (laughs) Like, what a great year. I mean, I know the other ones aren't the greatest, but like we got a lot of musical movie content. Yes, this last year. Oh my god! But then there was also the Dear Evan Hansen movie, the everybody's talking about Jamie movie, um, and I've at, at Cinderella. <laughs> Is that a does that count? I don't know if that came because there was literally like a three month period yeah. where all of these musical movies were coming out, mm-hmm. and Tonto. for me, I was just like, yeah, it was great. It was the best knee surgery recovery I could have asked for because there was a lot of stuff to watch. And you were high in codeine or whatever. I was, yeah, painkillers plus musicals equals a good rest of 2021. Uh, well, thank you, everyone. <laughs> um, be sure to, uh, I guess I probably should be like every other podcaster and be like, be sure to rate and subscribe. Blah, blah, blah. Smash that like button. Smash the likes seriously though though go check out the instagram i'm trying so hard let john know if you see a rich person's apartment and you want to have sex with it (laughs) (laughs) uh okay bye for now everyone bye special thanks to justin johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to nick bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.